I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm just going to invite people around the world. Like this is a time of innovation and not just innovation of a product or service that you're going to put out in the world, but what if it's time to innovate you? What if this is a time to actually self-reflect and really look at the things that you do so well, that is so easy for you, that you totally take for granted. So what if it's time for you to just sit back, you have some time, relax, and just start writing, just write different things. You could do it on your computer, you could do it on your phone, you could do it on a piece of paper, the traditional pen and paper, and start putting some of your ideas on paper. Because most of the time when, with, when we lose our voice, when we're not sharing our ideas, it's because it also reflects the level of confidence we have in ourselves and our skills and our abilities. How you day, how you day. That was the voice of Lale Hancock. Now, as you heard, Lale is a transformational person. She's someone that really gets you to get to the core of who you are because she understands that understanding who you are, your body, your mind, your soul is the key to unlocking your greatest potential. And in an interview, we dive into many of those tactics to do that and many of those tactics to do that with others, whether it's in your organization or in your family or in your circle of influence. I think it's very important right now, specifically right now, to understand what we have to offer ourselves and the world. And I couldn't think of a better person uh, to talk about this than Lale. Lale and I are also doing something really interesting this month. On May 20th, we are launching a 12-month program. So if you like the interview, if you love the interview, you're going to get way more of this in the program. Now, the program is called The Path to the Greater You. In this program, what we're doing is trying to help the audience and the people that enroll in the program figure out what their superpowers are, activate the superpowers, bring on different ways to test it out, but also, you know, we'll test it out with other thought leaders based on our experience and our network. And it's going to be an engaging process. It's not going to be like, you know, just homework or or just uh, something that isn't a two-way conversation or three-way conversation, rather. We want to work with you based on where you are and then take you to your greatest potential. And it's 12 months, like we said, the program starts on the 20th of May. So time is going or ticking as they say. And if you wanna enroll, I'll put that in the show notes. I really, really, really am excited about this and I'm excited to 
introduce you all to who Lale is. If you check out her work, she's not only, you know, an inspirational speaker, writer, and leadership and entrepreneurship coach, but she's someone that does this across multiple parts of the world, across different continents, different countries, and she's done it in different languages as well. So if you feel like this is something you want to do, if you feel like this is something you want to do with your friends and your family, please invite them. This is going to be collaborative. All right. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's guest is Lale Hancock. And we're going to be talking about how to speak up when you can't find the words. Now, Lale is a leadership and entrepreneurial coach, professional service consultant, personal wellness mentor, and founder and CEO of global professional service company. Help me out here. Bella Pemo? Bella Pimo, you got Bella it. I almost got it. Bella Pimo. <laughs> Lale boasts 30 years experience in operational excellence, change management, business consultant, and has inspired and empowered thousands of individuals, including Fortune 500 executives, government agencies, nonprofit organizations, athletes, and veterans. Basically, she has been in every industry that involves all our lives, you know, whether we consume that media or whether we come across them on a daily basis. And I'm very excited to be able to talk about how to really, one, be honest with yourself, stop mimicking others, learn how to know what you know, and then speak up when you can't find the words. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here. The pleasure is mine. And, you know, we are in interesting times. So I I might take this interview in a different direction. First of all, your thing is you help people speak up when you can't find the words. But due to COVID-19, the coronavirus, this novel, how do you feel like it's affecting people's voices? You know, what's been really interesting for me, just like I was sharing with you, I'm an American who travels around the world. Every week I'm in a new country. And with all these changes, it was actually safer for me to stay where I was, which is in Portugal. And I still chat with executives, you know, stay-at-home moms. I'm talking to different kinds of people around the world. And it doesn't matter what their title is. People who are normally very good at, you know, sharing their opinion, their ideas, and really having their voice in the world don't even know where to start right now. Most of them, they've been secluded into their own homes. Um, most are not working, as you know. And the the thing that I heard um, from so many executives, which kind of surprised me a little bit, was they said, I don't even know what I'm allowed to say anymore. Wow. And that from someone who normally is the leader, someone who is guiding others to speak up and have a voice was so interesting to me. Moms and you know, family members, they're, they're, they're just watching TV and more and more they're scared and they're holding all of this in because they don't want to get their family members worried. So you've got a whole generation of many skills, um, backgrounds, and yet all have the same thing. It's better for me not to say anything at all. Why did it not, wait, why, why is that? Important. Why is that? Well, I guess the the theme that you're seeing, because wouldn't it? I would think that it would be important to say something now because of the level of anxieties that are just going on, whether people are thinking about health or jobs or stability or anything. You know, yeah. wouldn't wouldn't it be wouldn't now be the time to say something? 
you know, you're right. It is the time to speak up, but most, that's what I'm saying. The whole idea of this quarantine in your home, the mm. quarantine from work, the quarantine from your creativity. Like, you know, I was explaining to people, most of us think, okay, if we're not with others, we're going to stay healthier. But one of the things we don't even consider is even think about like a four person family member. If you have two kids, you have mom and dad, the kids go to school, mom might stay at home or mom might work. Dad goes, they actually have an outlet to be themselves. They have an outlet for their creativity, problem solving and doing other things. Now it's become all of this family unit coming together in one household. The kids can't be themselves. They can't act out. They can't go outside and play. They, you know, it's like we're confining everyone from their natural state of joy, happiness, creativity, and their wellness to be shoved into one small space that they get to hang out. Um, and they're watching TV morning, noon, and night. They're watching the, I have to say, I love media, but media is not really showing a lot of the beauty and the kindness that's come from this, they're really showing all the problems that could happen and all the lives that are in jeopardy right now. So from a mental state, from a physical state, that's not how you boost your wellness. Your wellness, your immune system is actually when you are laughing, you are joyful, you are creative, you keep your organs, your um, metabolic system healthy, you're active. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm actually concerned to where our, our whole global society is going with this. Um, yeah, it's affecting everyone. Yeah, you know, the, the thing that I um, make you yes, you a lot of the negative has been highlighted. I do have hope that yeah. we'll be able to get back to compassion and yeah. realizing the humanity of each other. I think one of the things that we, you start to realize with something like this is that the world is lonelier than it thought it was, but also uh, the world needs more connecting than it ever did. You know, offices are now forced to be virtual. People are now forced to uh, be grateful for the people that they probably took for granted, whether it's their loved ones or, or people that they worked with. And now you find that you are seeing people in a different light, whether it's the immunocompromised, disabled, or people with different abilities, or even people that you didn't know had things that they were dealing with, but you couldn't see. So yeah. I'm hopeful that these soft skills do find, uh, I guess, do uh, inspired new ways for us to share our voices and for us to be more advocates for each other. Well, that's the magic of this virus. It that's what I'm saying. We're not seeing a lot of that being highlighted in what yeah. people are watching. Do you know the kindness of people caring for their neighbors, you know, caring for the elderly? Like the elderly is usually neglected unless there's problems like this. And yet there's actually an attention of how are they doing? Is someone actually communicating with them? You know what I mean? Like it's a whole new world of that compassion coming out. Um, I was talking to a technologist and a professor, and he said to me that there actually is a professor, I can't remember what country he's in, but 
with this whole ventilator ventilator problem, he brought together a bunch of brilliant engineers from all around the world online creating um, open source ventilators. So now they have a contest and they're, they're actually utilizing each other's brilliance, not being able to work and do other things to the wave of the new future products, that creativity, that innovation. And that I heard through the grapevine, I wish there was more of that kind of conversation that actually was being highlighted in our media. Beautiful. No, that's just a beautiful collaboration. That's the beauty, rather, the beauty of collaboration. And, you know, I'm not going to stop. And I know you're not going to stop until yeah. we get there. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we've been talking about the, the importance of speaking up here. But what are the alternatives that you have for biting one's tongue? You know? Yeah. So, you know, in a different situation, you know, I, I, I always love to, to, to share that a lot of times, most of us actually lost our voice from a very young age. You know, when you were very active, very creative, you were very curious and you kept asking a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty difficult to shut up and, and to stop talking. So unfortunately, that does carry through to so many people's adult lives. So even with this, I, I, I'm just going to invite people around the world. Like this is a time of innovation and not just innovation of a product or a service that you're going to put out in the world. But what if it's time to innovate you? What if this is a time to actually self-reflect and really look at the things that you do so well, that is so easy for you, that you totally take for granted. So what if it's time for you to just sit back, you have some time, relax, and just start writing, just write different things. You could do it on your computer, you could do it on your phone, you could do it on a piece of paper, the traditional pen and paper, and start putting some of your ideas on paper. Because most of the time when, with, when we lose our voice, when we're not sharing our ideas, it's because it also reflects the level of confidence we have in ourselves and our skills and our abilities. And when you start to actually write them down, you really can't ignore it anymore. And you really have to look at, okay, now if I have this particular skill, how can I use it to my advantage now? And how can I use it to create something even greater for the future? Hmm. You said I get? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel, I feel like that was a gem. We got to say that. We got to repeat that. <laughs> well, you know, most of us are very much, we think for the moment. We're not really thinking for the future. But how can you use each of those skills that you wrote down to your own advantage now? But how can you actually use that for creating a greater tomorrow as well? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's the piece most of us aren't thinking is, Okay, we're very much living at the moment, but if you start actually your, your mindset, okay, if your mindset gets out of, what if I get sick, okay, because what you think you shall create, we really create an environment that whatever our point of view is, that's what we draw to ourselves, that's what we are the magnet of, so if you think, you know, um, people are not nice, you're just going to pull in those kinds of people into your life, you know, but if you actually have gratitude, you are more joyful, you're, you're vibrating at a very different frequency, you draw more people that we call like-minded to us, you know? 
And the same thing with your skills. Like if you are willing to write it down, then you also get a different level of value that you have right now in the world. That's true. That's true. Because you know? yeah. most people right now, I mean, I, it's funny. I sent a note to my accountant because I'm in Portugal and he's in America. And I'm like, hey, can we talk? And he writes back. He's the guy who never says no. He writes back, our offices are closed. You can send me an email and I'll respond. And I could just so tell he is so stressed. Here's a man getting ready for tax season. It's March. They're usually due April 15th. He can't work. He's not allowed to work. And yet I'm sure in his head, he's trying to figure out, oh my God, how are we going to do all of this? Even though there was an extension. So like even those kinds of people, if they're actually willing to start writing it down, they now have something, I don't want to call it a positive thinking aspect, but what you end up doing is you allow you to start thinking of what the world can be like versus the world is full of problems. Yeah. Yeah. That, this is, this is so good, by the way, this is so good. I, I love this because you are really working on the mindset here, because when you think about now and, and the future, and especially with you in mind, you start to really understand the value of yourself. I think a lot of people, as they get older, you know, they lose the essence of their gifts, you know, what it's because of the, the idea that they have to conform to some level of success that maybe they never truly aspired to, or because of the conditioning that we have, um, in the world. So we have to get back to, uh, you know, uh, making sure that we, we understand who we are, but I want to continue with this biting your tongue. Cause you, you have six alternatives normally for, yeah. for this. So could you share? Yep. Well, the first one, like you mentioned, is be honest with yourself. You know, um, when you don't speak up, it's not just actually you lying to you. What you end up doing is holding back a lot of great ideas that maybe no one else can come up with. So whether it's a business or a home, I always say, you know, most of us devalue ourselves versus seeing the gift of who we really are. And when you start to actually have your voice and share your voice with others, you bring up ideas and innovation that cannot exist without you. Like without you, this will never come into the world mm -hmm. where most of us think, oh, someone else will come up with that idea. Number two, stop mimicking. You know, um, our generation learned the best practices. Like, okay, Find someone who is your mentor and really start to become them because they have proven they're successful. They got it right. You know, they have the right path. And therefore, if you follow, you shall have that too. Where, like you said earlier, each of us, our gift is actually when we're being ourselves and we're not imitating someone else. And when you're trying to mimic someone else, you're trying to mimic it, it'll never be the same. Even if they had success, you'll never have the same level of success because it's you're artificially trying to fit into their world, their thinking, their ideas. But if you're willing to actually be you and just ask, hey, what do I know that no one else knows? What are my gifts that no one else has? You know, what is, like I said earlier, just a few minutes ago, like truly, what do you enjoy doing that is so easy for you that you have declared it has no value? Because for you, it has no value because it's easy, but the whole world doesn't have that. 
And that could become something that becomes your business. That becomes something that you add to your, you know, CV or something else. Um, but it really is identifying what is available for you to choose it may not be available for someone else. True. Fair point. And then, so be honest with yourself, first of all. Yeah. Stop mimicking and yeah. basically unlearn the things that we've learned that you need to be exactly this person. This is the blueprint and go, go be that person because your life is very different. That's why you started with being honest with yourself. And then you go to, to learning. Well, can I, I want to talk about that, her learn to know what you know. Most of us think the only thing we know is what we learned in school, what we might've learned from our families, and then also what you learned on the job. So based on the job description of what you have, but what you actually have that's even greater than that, that is uniform to kids and adults is your natural knowing, your gut instinct, your awareness. And so one of the things that I always um, revert back to people is like, do you remember when you were three years old and the world was amazing and you just were joyful and like you fell down, it lasted five seconds as long as your mom didn't see you fall down and you just got up and you were ready to go again? Well, that's because your natural knowing knew your body was fine. So I want to actually share a tool with your listeners. Um, it's called the light and heavy tool. You have a natural knowing to know don't go down the street. It usually feels like knots in your stomach or a heaviness or something feels constricted. That usually is something doesn't resonate with you, but also it's your body sharing don't go down that street. But something that actually is the opposite. So when you ask a question and it's light, it's expansive, maybe even brings joy to you and your body, that's more of you. That's more of the things that resonate with you and more of what your body's saying, yes, let's try this. So, you know, as you start to look at your life, as you start to look at your job, it's so easy for us to say, oh, I don't like my job or I don't like to do this. Or even in your relationships, you know, have fights with others. But really be honest with yourself and ask, okay, do I really not like this particular item? And go with the light and heavy. Or you can ask if you're looking for a new job. Like if I actually choose this job, what will my life be like in five years? And the same thing, if I don't choose this job, what will my life be like in five years? And go with the light and heavy. You could do that with anything. Buy a piece of gum. You can ask that question. You can ask it to marry someone. You could ask it for a job. You could ask it for buying a house. You can ask it even going outside. If I go outside, you know, will I get the virus? <laughs> if I don't go outside, will I get the virus? Like it really is, there's this natural knowing you and your body have that goes way beyond anything you learned in school, anything you think you got, you know, educated in. That's that natural awareness and knowing that you have. What do I know that will help resolve the situation and what feels light to me? Yeah. Huh. Because think about it, you know, how many people don't say anything in meetings? They don't. They just sit back and listen. Okay. But at that moment, what if no matter what's going on, and right now there's so many businesses, truly, 
who were not prepared to have their staff remote. They were not prepared to have everything closed. And so right now they're looking at this as one of the biggest disasters and um, challenges in their business. So instead of going into panic and challenge, because that's what they're going to draw more of into their lives, they can look back and say, okay, what other possibilities are available with our business we never considered before? And then allow them and their staff to come up with ideas. So I don't know if you know, but like we use a, a online video um, conference tool called Zoom. I use yeah. it all around the world. Zoom is amazing. I used it when it was in beta form. So what if people could get their staff together, right? And say, okay, what if this is a time more than ever to hear the voice of your staff, to hear their ideas, to hear their creativity, to engage with them instead of feeling isolated that right now we have to try to solve everything on our own. So what do you know that will help resolve even the virus situation that you haven't considered yet? You don't have to be a scientist. What if we all have different ideas that can come up? These ventilators being open source, gosh, what is that gonna create for the future? Yeah. Yeah. This is an opportunity to collaborate and to really see people, uh, which is what we're we're saying here. And I, I love the fact that it can inspire creativity and mm -hmm. inspire us to think outside the box, which is yeah. the very essence of what you're saying. We need to stop mimicking. We need to recognize that we each have individual gifts. And sometimes when we fall into this lull, you know, we get used to a status quo that doesn't really suit our true selves. And so, yeah, so when, when you're now forced to be creative, you start to realize, oh my gosh, that was always in there. Where yeah. did that come from? <laughs> I guess I wasn't listening. It was all suppressed. So that's yeah. voice. Yeah. Now, I, you know, when we say voice, the first thing people think about is truly your vocal cords and the sound that comes from the vocal cords. But do you know your voice could be with food in the way that you cook. It could be the music that you know you play. Like your voice is not just one thing. Your voice is your creativity in ways that you don't even realize you're creative. Like for me, I've had to negotiate a lot of contracts. Um, we do a lot of events around the world. And as you can imagine, hotels are closing up. There's state of emergencies in every state, every country that's happening. And I've got to tell you, I had to negotiate. And it wasn't all my voice negotiating. Like it is those, um, the body language, the relaxation, my voice was willing to be where I, you know, some people go to panic and they go into fight and they go into resisting. For me, one of the gifts that I have in negotiation is my willingness to ask, what does this person require to hear? What do I need to be here? And when you're willing to actually start asking those questions, it doesn't mean that having your voice is you just go spew whatever you want and you start being rude and you start being demanding and all of that. It's, it's really being a listener of what is required in your tone, 
your body language, the words, they're all part of the package of your voice. And I've got to tell you, both situations, if I would have listened to our lawyer who was ready to fight, the outcome would not have turned out the way it did. Both these situations turn out to be positive for both sides. And, you know, there was a level of caring that's required right now because we're all panicking. We're all on, you know, fight mode of like, how do we take care of our business? How do we take care of our employer? How do we take care of our... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Please, but... We don't have to do it from the way I think most people think it's sharing their voice. Yeah, yeah. We have to learn how to listen to ourselves yeah. and to each other. Yeah, is, uh... A lot of it is this is the hidden listening. So like, for example, okay, um, and I'll, I'll give this. When, when I was telling you the whole light and heavy, okay, listen to that in knowing when should I call this person? Now, it sounds crazy, but you are actually receiving whispers of the future talking with you in your body. So if you think, okay, should I call this client right now? Should I call this hotel right now? And you've got, you know, like knots in your stomach or you got that tightness, don't do it. <laughs> should I call my girlfriend right now? No, it's tightness. Don't do it. Call when it's late. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? You hear that? You hear that, people? Uh, <laughs> because when you yourself, because your body tells you when you're also not prepared to have a conversation with someone. And that's the thing. A lot of times we don't listen to our gut instinct. We don't listen to our awareness. We really fight against it. Instead, we want to do what should be the right thing to do right now. But yeah. if you listen, you'll know, no, no, you need to calm down a little first. Relax. And then maybe you can have a conversation. Um, but I always say this to people who are salespeople and others who are about to call the client, go down the list, see which one's light and which one's heavy. The ones that are heavy, don't call those clients right now. Come back to them. Yeah. Yeah. And each time they're like, Lale, how did you know? You knew exactly. I knew exactly to call. And when I called, it was the perfect time for the client. Maybe there was so much difficulty going on in their world. Like what I needed to offer them was the perfect timing. And they even told me, if you would have called me a day earlier, you would have called me, you know, 10 minutes later, it wouldn't have worked. But right now, you, how did you know to call me at the perfect time? So it really is that we actually have, our voice is so much beyond what we imagine. And we really could be using our voice to our advantage instead of our disadvantage. 
Brilliant. And another thing that we can do as we're going through your stages is to tailor our delivery for the best results. That's the piece I just talked about, actually. Ah. Really about tapping in and knowing when to share your feedback. Um, to know, hey, can my boss even receive this conversation or this idea right now? Um, you know, um, and also like if you have a conflict with someone at home or at work, like I described, it really is tapping into like, hey, when is it that we can actually have a conversation versus it's going to be a fight of me sharing my voice, but it's just me attacking with my voice and not really having a conversation. Yeah. Okay. No, this is good. So, you know, so far you, you're talking about different ways to find, you know, your voice when the words aren't flowing and it's be honest with yourself, stop mimicking, uh, learn what you know, learn to know what you know, and tailor your delivery for the best results. And, and you know, that I guess the, the learn to know what you know really segues into the tailor your delivery because then you obviously have to deliver based on what you just found out. Thanks. Uh, ah. And then, um, as we as we wrap up your your tips here, it's don't expect a certain resolution. What do you mean by that? Well, most of us walk into conversations, sharing of our ideas with so much expectations. We got it right. This has to be. It's either this or nothing. And so, one of the things that I always say is like the willingness to share your voice, your ideas, but without any agendas. Because what you'll find is, um, and I want to share with your listeners another tool, if it's okay with you. Please, please. Yes. Cool. Most of us walk in with a lot of baggage when we're about to have a conversation with someone. And so there's a lot of energy that we're just pushing towards somebody else. And their natural reflex, without even thinking, is they have to push back. Okay. So when you're on defense mode, you're not going to get anything. All you're going to get is their resistance and their pushback. But before you have your conversation with someone, before you share your ideas, if you're willing to just say, hey, what if I'm willing to lower any walls and barriers I have? And just by saying that, you'll do it. Just like, we could do it now, okay? So imagine you're just standing there right now, and then just say, barriers, walls, down. And imagine you're energetically bringing whatever that is down to the floor, to the earth. You're giving it back to the earth and just taking it away from you. And if you do that a few times, I don't know, do you notice anything different? Lowering your borders? No, absolutely. So this reminds me of an exercise I normally uh, take my clients through when I'm, you know, I'm doing leading workshops on connecting effectively across cultures. I do uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And one of the biggest things that comes about is when you are in the room with someone that shares different values from you, different culture, or someone that you constantly clash with. And one of the things I always say is just, hey, just have that conversation with yourself first. Say that this is the goal. This is not what I'm going to do. And no matter what, I'm not going to get here. And that brief moment of that conversation causes one to pause, to breathe, and get control of their faculties. Because obviously... You know, when you're really heated, you're you're just you're thinking uh, in multiple ways, and sometimes your actions end up, you know, <laughs> being something you regret. But that moment to pause and just take inventory of your faculties really, really does remind you of the big picture. 
Yeah. And most of us don't realize we're actually walking around the world with a lot of walls. And it's mm. things we learned along the way. I mean, you didn't have it at the age of three, but by eight, nine, ten, we really learned all of this from our families, our teachers, society, that we have to not trust others, you know, like all of this came up and then all these other reasons we carry baggage around. But when you go into a conversation with someone and you have no walls and barriers, they actually can receive your idea. But if you go with the walls and barriers, like I said, like you were describing, you're just allowing their defense to come back up. Defense. So yeah. Then I have another tool. So when your wall is down, pull energy from their body to your body. So imagine you literally have like a fishing hook on them <laughs> and you're bringing them closer to you. You don't have to do anything, but just say pull. Like you literally are pulling them to you. What you do is you create this energy of, um, I don't want to call it partnership because it depends on the person and what they've got going on, but there's almost this connection now between you and them. You're not separate. And when you are going to flow your ideas, it's you have no more walls. You're connecting to them. You're pulling them towards you energetically. So now you allow the flow, the energy flows between you guys to actually have the possibility of creating something different. Okay, so this, I have to ask this now because I was doing research on you, and one of one of my favorite things that you've done. And speaking of this, this is what this is why I'm segueing here is you have you had this project where you led a bunch of people from different backgrounds, right? Congressional leaders, the oh, Department yeah. of Defense, the Veteran Affairs, non-for-profits, and you brought them together to create programming for wounded warriors returning from war. The yeah. reason I'm bringing this example is you're just talking about this, you know, yeah. defensiveness and all this. These are people from different walks <laughs> of lives. How did this, you know, case study this for us? How did this actually come about where you actually got them to work towards the bigger goal? Well, that one, I wasn't, it wasn't just me, but it was one, one of our ideas. Um, I have always found most organizations, whether it's government, corporate, or not-for-profit, they create a lot of silos between things. It's like their world, their client base, you know, their people that they're supporting. But we're in such a bigger world. And when we all come together, we can create something so much bigger. And at the time I was a not-for-profit and I was the senior vice president of programs and services. And I would go meet with congressional people. I would meet with the army. I would meet all these people to assist with their, um, with their members, you know, and their families and respite care and some of the other stuff. And I was like, why are we doing these separate conversations? And we really need to look at the veterans that are coming back from war, not to be treated the way they were treated with Vietnam. You know, they came back being isolated and so many of them still to today have lots of health and mental issues, mental health issues. And um, so I started to talk to some board members where I was and one of them was a veteran. He said, Lale, that's a great idea. We really need to do this. And we need to be the leaders. We need to be the organization that is gonna be um, leading that effort to bring them together. And we did, we did. It takes just literally 
people willing to be the leaders, not to sit back and, and let it come to them. We went, we talked to, um, we talked to so many organizations, for-profits, not-for-profits. We talked to the government. We talked to um, senators and others. And, you know, everybody wanted to contribute. They just didn't know how. And everyone went to funding and we can't fund this. We can't do that. But then when you brought everyone together, everyone wanted to sit at the round table. No one wanted to be excluded. So it was a really fun, um, adventurous time. And it created what the new Wounded Warrior Program actually ended up getting funding for, which was that the ones who are um, severely wounded will have caseworkers for life. And really, we were trying to create a, um, a place where they didn't, you know, I don't know how much you know about the military, but they're trained that they have to do things on their own. And so they're not very good about asking for help. And if they get the courage to pick up the phone and say, I need help. And someone doesn't answer on the other end, they'll never call again. So we created this one source, which was um, community one source, which was that they would have phone numbers for people who physically are going to answer the phone and be there and guide them to where they have to go for them and their caregivers. And it was beautiful. Communications experts, uh, Lali, <laughs> Hancock here. That's exactly why she does what she does. But <laughs> yeah. Communication is often misunderstood, right? I think a lot of people think that communication is like you said, it's the vocal cords and, and that's it. But it's the body language. It's the unspoken. It's the unsaid. It's the things you've bitten uh, your words on and so many things that, that really get there. And ironically, from what I'm hearing, uh, it involves a lot of listening, but it also involves a lot of awareness, whether it's self-awareness, but also awareness about what's going on around you. And that ability to be able to think about all those things, you know, while thinking about the now and where you fit into the future is the only way we can grow. Can I actually share something else with you that's been one of my recent projects and I'm just so grateful for it. I don't know how else to say Yes, yes, um, yes. For me, leadership is so important. Most of us think if I'm in a job, I'm a supervisor, a team lead, a vice president, a director, whatever, then it's my job to lead. But each of us actually willing to have our voice, we are leaders. And when you are willing to be the leader, not just for today, but really for today and the future, you are assisting the world to go places and have ideas that without you cannot exist. And I'm not sure if you know, but um, I'm in a book, it's called America's Leading Ladies. And um, it, it came out just a few months ago. And um, I'm honored that I'm in this book with 50 incredible women in America. One of them is actually Oprah. We have Melinda Gates. We have That's others nice. who are in here. Yeah. And, you know, it just starts with an idea. It starts with that willingness not to let things get to you. I mean, my whole life, I left my country because there was a revolution. We left when I was seven. And, you know, I moved to a new country. And it was so easy to isolate myself and say, I don't know the language. I don't know how long I'm staying here. And therefore, I'm going to just stay at home. But I knew at seven, I had two options. That was one option. Or the option was get to know everyone mm -hmm. fast because I don't know how long I'm staying 
And then if I leave, I actually know that I've met others that are now part of my life. And I think that's the piece that's missing in our world, especially with what's going on right now with this whole you know, virus. I, I really think it's bringing people to the opposite. It's really starting to isolate people. Now it's creating camaraderie. It's bringing that compassion to some, but I would like to invite the rest of the world. Don't sit in your living room and just watch TV. Put your creativity to work. You know, pick up the phone, call someone, start communicating with others. Because this is not the time for us to say, you know, other cultures or other people or other age groups or whatever we need to just stay away from. It really is the time in us, in the whole world globally, that we need to unite. And it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what your background is, your religion, your color, your education level. This is the time that we can all come together, have our voice, and really create a greater future. That's amazing. That's beautifully said. I don't want to gloss over this. You said you left your country when you yeah. were. So yeah. Where, where is where is your country? Where oh, you I was born in Iran. Mm. And we had the revolution. And uh, yeah, my dad shipped us out within 24 hours of the revolution. So he sent us to France. So you, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Then we have to, we have to touch. <laughs> okay. So walk me through your childhood. So Iran, France. And then to the U.S. when I was 11. Yeah. Okay. All right. What was it like growing up like that? You know, I, I don't know. For me, I love languages and cultures. So for me, it was like amazing. I was upset that, you know, we moved from France because I loved France. Um, and my principal told me, my parents didn't even tell me. My principal called me in and said, hey, by the way, <laughs> you're not coming back to school anymore. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but, you know, the adventure, my dad was always a leader. And I'm so grateful. I just wish he was around now for us to have different kinds of conversations. But he was always looking to what would create greater, not just for him and his family, but for the communities. He would build things. He would bring commerce to rural parts of the world and send people to get their master's education and build apartments. For like My dad was always looking at the future we can all have that could be greater. And um, he was just such an amazing um, mentor for me. And I, I look at that, like going to the US, he knew exactly what he needed to do. He needed to take us there to really create a different life for each of us too. And, um, you know, I'm super grateful for, for everything. And, you know, I was telling you, I fell off a horse right during this virus thing going on and people would have been scared. And instead for me, it was actually safer and healthier to stay in this gorgeous country called Portugal than to go to America. I, well, I'm 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 hearing so many things, and and rest rest in power, rest in peace to your your father. Mm. I, I wonder if you had an identity crisis moving all those places, and even if you did or you didn't, yeah. How did you start to connect? Because I'm there. There are things that play here: language, culture, nuance, just different ways of life. Uh, what was it in you that you discovered that you could maybe share with the audience who's probably going through similar things, you know, people moving to new environments, people nervous about showing their full selves, people trying to understand other people that have been different from them. You know, it's really interesting. I think my age helped 
um, I think when you're young, you still haven't learned yet that people who don't speak your language, that's a problem, you know? And so like for me, um, I learned Fran when we moved to France, I learned French in three weeks. I had a tutor and, um, and then I was speaking like French people. So no one even knew, <laughs> but because we left Iran, there was a lot of, um, at the time, a lot of bias and they were killing kids cause they were Iranian. So like, you know, one of the things, um, was, I was a little scared, you know, back then, because we weren't allowed to say where we were from. You know, I had to hide my identity of like where I came from. Um, and if people asked, I would say I'm Persian. I wouldn't say I'm Iranian because, you know, my family was afraid of what would happen to us. Um, so there was moments of that, but it didn't last because, like I said, I literally remember being seven and having those two thoughts in my head that. I could stay at home, be afraid, don't talk to anyone else, just go to school, come home. That's one option, but it wasn't the option that was going to work for me. And that's been my secret sauce, I guess, in life. Life is too short. It's, it's meant to be celebrated. And no matter where you are, what if there are others that you can find that you can connect with, even you know, their different ages or cultures or backgrounds. And there's people that are not kind. But what if you don't have to waste your time with them? You know, and like I said, you draw people to you based on your points of view. So if your point of view in life is that you are grateful for life, you are, you know, willing to bring more joy into your world, you will draw more people like that. If you go into the scale of I'm scared and people are bad, you will only draw those kinds of people into your life. That, no, that's amazing. That, there's <laughs> something you said. By the time this episode comes out, I would have already interviewed another Iranian, well, Iranian-American, uh, and his name is Payment Tai. And I asked him a question. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious to see if your answer is the same. What is the difference between Iranian and Persian? Because some, I've, I've noticed that people go different ways. And I want to educate the audience. The same. What happened is it used to be called Persia, you know, many, 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 many years ago. It's really the country is now Iran. But when the revolution hit in 1978, because of people not being able to say what country they were from, the generic term for everyone to... Um, stratify to was that it's Persia, Persian. So you just have people from different era who are going to say that. But do you, do you know the funny part? September 11th, I was in DC and have, my, my employer was in New York. And when, when the towers hit, the irony is after, after September 11th, I could no longer say I'm Persian. The really? only words out of my mouth is I'm Iranian. Yeah, it was so weird. It was so weird. And I realized I'm not willing to hide anymore. I'm not willing to hide who I am. I'm not willing to hide my country because every country has great people and really not so great people. And the country does not reflect who you are. And if we're going to sit and have our voice, we actually need to stand behind who we are. So for me, after that day, I just don't say I'm Persian anymore. It's so interesting that you say they're the same, you know, Persian and Iranian, and just that subtle change in, in, in identity or the, 
definition can invite discrimination or really? collaboration. That's that's it's interesting. And they're the same thing, according. <laughs> they're the same thing. But see, most people aren't educated well enough to know that. You know, most people don't. You know, one thing I love about Europe, and I've always loved doing a lot of business here, is that the countries are so close. Most Europeans have passports. Americans, it used to be 80% of them did not have a passport. Only 20% of Americans have passport. I think it's gone higher now. But these people are willing to actually learn other cultures. They're willing to learn other languages. They're willing to actually include other types of people into their lives. Americans, it depends on where you are. I lived in LA. I lived, I lived in the DC area. You know, for me, I'm in the hub of it. If you're in New York or Chicago, you're in the hub of it. But some places, you know, like um, my ex-husband, um, you know, his grandmother was in Mississippi and she'd never met an Iranian before me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it depends <laughs> on where you are. And she was the kindest lady and just was never biased. But like, there's so many people who just don't know. And based on what they know is what they see in the news. The news is not going to highlight me. It's highlighting the ones that I would say there's plenty of Americans in America who are thieves, who do things they shouldn't do, and they're on TV. <laughs> you know? So if someone's looking at the American TV, that's Americans to them. But it's not. Those are not who we really are. Most of us are not being highlighted like you're highlighting in this conversation. Yeah. Most of us are not being highlighted. Isn't that the story? <laughs> Most of us are not being highlighted. I love that. Well, I mean, I can't think of a, a better way to transition to the end of the interview with, with that uh, for us to ponder. But how can people reach out to you? You know, the best way is our website or social media. We're everywhere. It is mm. bellapimo.com or you can go to lalehancock.com. Uh, make sure you put that in the show notes. But you also, you know, in the book, you said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So go to americasleadingladies.com. America's wow, America's Leading Ladies dot com. I think uh, I think they're onto something with that title. <laughs> but you know what? Also, when you go to lalehancock dot com or bellapimo dot com, the book is there, and you can also click and uh, get the um, get the. I'm blanking right now. The Kindle version. Or, the Kindle uh, version. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I put it there. It's, it's, been, it's been a long day. I mean, you did say you fell off a horse, so you got to rest, right? You say you have to, oh, you, not you today. Have to, not today. It's all good. No. <laughs> I was trying to help. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Thank you so much. The, the, I always end up my interview with my mission statement reframed as a question. My mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. So, Lale, how do you use your difference to make a difference? I'm willing to share my voice and be there for people with no judgment. Share your voice and be there for people with no judgment. Thank you. Thank so much for <laughs> coming on the show. This has been a real pleasure. I, I love your your energy and your openness to share so much of your life experiences. This was fun. Thank you so much for having me here. The pleasure is mine. And ladies, gentlemen, and gender non-binary individuals, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads 
podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 